0: All right, well, good evening, and uh, we're glad you guys are here. Uh, Let's go ahead, and if you have a Bible, let's go ahead and open to the book of Genesis. Now, I like being in the book of Genesis because most people can find it. It's like that in Revelation. Ooh, pick me, pick me. I know where that is. All right, so we're in Genesis 19, and if you've been with us the past few weeks, you'll note uh, I did kind of a little bit of a summary here. But we end up with this. We end up in this town called Sodom, and really, it's kind of a bunch of these plain cities, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, as they're often paired together here. Um, and what we find is we find um, Lot living here. And so I'm just going to recap uh, a little bit of Genesis 19, which is going to set us up for uh, verse 11 or verse 12 that we're going to start tonight. But it starts out with this with um, these angels visiting Sodom. And so they show up and um, Lot, who again is kind of a mixed bag spiritually, or should I say very spiritually weak, we'll just say that. And he ends up uh, meeting them and they say, oh, we're going to you know, sleep here in the town square. And he pleads with them, no, no, do not do that, please, Come into my house, and the reason is because he knows just how wicked and evil these people are. Which again asks the question: Hey, if the town's really that corrupt, then what are you doing there? <laughs> you know, that's the good question for Lot. But uh, for him, though, he actually brings them into his house, and and then the, the 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 people of the town they come, the men of the town they come, and what they want to do is um, they actually start banging on the door to Lot's house. And they say, bring out the two visiting men. And then what they want to do is they want to rape them. And I'm telling you, this is in the Bible. For those of you who say, oh, the Bible's boring, all right, they have not read Genesis 19. I mean, this is some pretty X-rated stuff that's happening here, and it's in the Bible, all right? And so in in the whole town, um, you know, Pastor Mike and I were talking about this, and it just shows uh, just how wicked— this town has gotten where we're not it wasn't just one person but it was the whole town and it was socially acceptable and everyone was in on it and so really it just shows uh the wickedness and just how evil and how corrupt this town of Sodom has gotten and so they 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 want to do this and Lot even pleased well you can have my two daughters (laughs) As if that's any better of a solution, but they say, no, they just want the men. And so really what this is, this is the epitome of lust. And in this case, homosexual lust, but it's the epitome of, of the destruction of lust right here. And, and it's, and it's wicked and it's gross and it's in the Bible. It's all here guys. It really is. Um, And so this is what has happened. And so to set that up, okay, um, is verse 12. All right, so here we go. If you're following along in the Bible here, uh, and there you go, I got a quote, so let's do this. Remember, Lot all the way through scripture is described as righteous, not mixed, stupid, but not evil. That's right. So yes, that's a good point. So yes, um, so he is um, righteous, yes. So he's dumb, but not necessarily evil. Yes, that's a good point. Okay, so let's get into uh, verse 12 here. It says this. Then the men said to Lot, uh, have you, anyone else here, sons-in-laws, sons, daughters, or anyone that you have in the city, bring them out of the place. So the men here are warning Lot, um, hey, if you have anyone else here that you care about or any family, get them out of Sodom. Because in verse 13, For we are about to destroy this place, because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters, up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-law to be jesting. So I find this really interesting. So, so Lot um, understands that yes, this place is really going down. This place is going to get destroyed, and so he goes to his his sons-in-law,s who are going to marry his daughters, and and notice the reaction of his sons-in-law,s. Um, it, it, it's it's amazing at how, um, whenever. Whenever we go and whenever we speak truth into people's lives, you know, we're called to speak truth and love, right? It's, it's amazing at sometimes the reaction that we get, uh, even if it's something as, as, as imminent and important as, as this, hey, we got to run because this place is going to get destroyed. Even whenever it's something like that, it's amazing at how some people just, just aren't up to hearing it. They're, they're just not receptive to it. And so they just thought that he was was jesting, that maybe he was just joking or something. And then in verse 15, as morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. And then in verse 16, but he lingered. And I just find that interesting, again, you know, this description of Lot here but he lingered. He, he still has something to kind of hold back. And, and see, really, um, what it means to follow Jesus is, is Jesus said, if you wish to be my disciple, you must take up your cross. You must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. Uh, in other words, being a disciple of Jesus, what it really means to raise your hand and say, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I love Jesus. How about you? All right? Um, To to really do that means that you must be willing to give up everything. And and we find this uh, throughout Scripture. We find this with the rich young ruler who was given um, this opportunity to follow Jesus. Um, But Jesus said, you know, if you really want to follow me, go and sell all of your possessions and give it to the poor. And he couldn't do it. There's something still in his heart that he was attached to. Um, and, and and that was preventing him from this relationship with Jesus. And so so in the same way here, I just kind of find it interesting that he lingers here. But then it says this, so the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand. So the, the angels here are now literally having to pull Lot and his family out of the city. Um, yeah, by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. And as they brought them out, one said, escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. All right, so let's stop here for just one second. And uh, I have a question. So let's see what the question is. It says this, why did God destroy Sodom for how evil they were when there's a lot of that wicked stuff today? For example, San Francisco is like modern Sodom. Well, that's a really good question. Um, and so I, I guess there's, there's a couple things going on here. Um, one is, is to think, let's see here. Let's see, how do I answer this um, in a way that's helpful, all right? Um, I think that there's a couple things. One is that, God is, um, uh, whenever God punishes uh, throughout the Bible, whenever he, um, you, know, uh, you know, gives his judgment to a, a town or to a people, uh, for one, it's not necessarily a knee-jerk reaction. Um, in fact, one of the things we find is that the Lord is slow to anger. Um, with the Canaanites, one of the things that we find is that uh, God did not wipe them out until their sin was at the fullest, is, is what Genesis fourteen tells us and so I think that for one is that you know God does not necessarily have this this knee jerk reaction um, and I think the other thing too is that um, with with uh, the end times and the coming of Jesus because now we 're in the, the new covenant here is that in the new, um, is that we can look forward to jesus coming and we can look forward to uh, Jesus judging. Okay, so Jesus is going to sit on the throne, and, and he's going to judge, and those names who were written in the book of life um, will go to heaven, and those that are not written in the book of life will end up in hell. And so I think that we can already look forward um, to that judgment, and we can already look forward to God coming and um, setting the record straight. And so So yeah, I think that um, he is going to judge, and I think that there is going to be the justice for any sort of evil, Um, but we can look forward to that. And then as well, for any of those who are repentant, that's where we have the cross, where uh, Jesus paid the price for sin on the cross as well, and so we have forgiveness. Okay, so we have uh, another quote here. Um, Let's see here. Not wanting any of us to be lost... He delays his coming. Yeah, from 1 Peter. Also, way more than 10 believers are alive in San Francisco today. Yes, yes, that's true as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it is interesting, though. I, I will say that I've talked to a couple people, and, um, and and they've been in certain parts of cities that are just kind of known for being explicitly evil. And um, And for some of these friends of mine who have been there, uh, they've had this experience of of where it just kind of, you just kind of almost feel this overwhelming um, pressure, this overwhelming evil, if that makes any sense. Uh, like I was talking to some friends of mine, and they were in a certain part of Las Vegas, and they just they just kind of had to get out of there just because they just, they just felt that explicit evil and they just didn't want to be around it anymore. And uh, another was uh, uh, Bourbon Street in, in New Orleans. It just, this, whenever you're around just this explicit evil for these people, they just, they just had uh, just experienced that in a very uncomfortable way. Um, and so, you know, I find that interesting as well. But, but yeah, so let's continue here. So in verse 18, it says this. And Lot said to them, to the, to the men, to the angels, O oh no, my lords, behold, your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have shown me great kindness in saving my life. But I cannot escape to the hills, lest the disaster overtake me and I die. Behold, this city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Let me escape there, is not a little one, and my life will be saved. He said to them, Behold, I grant you this favor also that I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Escape there quickly for I can do nothing till you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zor. All right. So um, we have Sodom and his uh, family. They, they find this refuge in the hills. So that would be, uh, you know, Eastern. And they find this refuge. And uh, for them, they find this little town and the angels, the men grant his request that yes, uh, you can take refuge there. And then in verse 23, it says this, the sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zor. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah, sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the city and what grew on the ground. All right, so let me just kind of pause here for a minute. And so, yeah, ultimately God said that he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and he did. In this case, it was um, with uh, the sulfur and fire out of the heaven. And so God um, ended up burning these towns. Uh, I said on the historical minute last week, if you were here, um, that they found these towns south of the Dead Sea. Uh, what many believe to be Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, it's interesting because they actually have, um, you know, within the ruins, they've got um, uh, what appears to be burn marks, like on the roofs of, of what would have been the buildings. And uh, and it looked like as well that uh, people were trying to escape. And so it very well could have been uh, Sodom and Gomorrah what they had found there. Um, and, and it's just, you know, interesting as well how archaeology a lot of times will prove the Bible uh, as well. And so, so what we have here is we have uh, God destroying uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. And, you know, I got to say as well that uh, some people really wrestle with this idea of God uh, being a God who issues punishment and issues wrath. Um, really what they do is they look at the nature of God, they look at the character of God and question his goodness. Uh, I hear this from friends of mine, um, even whenever we talk about things like like Noah's Ark, for example. Um, you know, what's funny is Noah's Ark, whenever you're a little kid, uh, what do they talk about? They talk about the animals and how cute the animals are and the rainbow. And then it's like you grow up and then all of a sudden this term God flooding the whole earth means, wait, people were on earth, <laughs> God flooded and people died. Wait, what? What? They didn't talk about that when I was a kid. Um, and, and really, uh, some people have kind of a hard time with this. Uh, they, they really do. But ultimately, what we can do is we can trust a couple things. One is that God is just. Um, and, and really what that means is that He's not a doormat you know, some people think that they can just walk all over God. Some people think that they can mock God. Some people think that they can throw their fists in the sky and curse at God. And God is just a doormat. Um, but that's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is very powerful. Uh, he, he really is. And also we find that God is very good. All the way throughout Scripture that we can trust His goodness. And, and really for a place like Sodom and Gomorrah, I mean, holy cow. I mean, you talk about just wicked upon wicked, upon evil here. I mean, it absolutely is. I mean, their, their wickedness had gotten to a point where, I mean, it, it was like the, the days of Noah. It really was. Um, it's just completely wicked. Um, and so for God, he's not a doormat. And so for God, these people, um, you know, they just really needed to be wiped out. They really did. All right, so it says this in verse 26. But Lot's wife behind him looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. So I find this interesting. So Lot, um, you know, they're told to continue on and don't look back. And what does she do? She's a little curious, so she looks back. And what happens to her? She becomes a pillar of salt. Yeah, yeah, disobeying God (laughs) at this point. My gosh. Verse 27, it says this, And Abraham Went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord, and he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, and toward all the land of the valley. And he looked, and behold, the smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. So it was when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. And I think this is important here, that, that God remembered Abraham and, and rescued Lot and sent Lot out to have um, uh, this, this, this do-over, this start-over in this, uh, this new land that Lot's going to live. So they have this fresh start, and they're going to ruin again. Are you ready? <laughs> Verse 30, Now Lot went up, out of Zor and lived in the hills with his two daughters, for he was afraid to live in Zor. So he lived in a cave with his two daughters. And the firstborn said to the younger, our father is old and there is not a man on earth to come into us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine and we will lie with him that we may preserve offspring from our father." It just continues. I mean, Genesis nineteen. You guys, when people say the Bible is boring, I'm telling you, this is this is some pretty X-rated stuff that's happening here. Um, look at what look at what they say. Look at what their greatest fear here is. It says this. It says, um, yeah. Hold on. Our father is old, and here we go. Yeah, there is not a man on earth as if their father is the only man on earth. Uh, true or false? Was that true or false? <laughs> that was false, right? Absolutely. To, to think that, um, and, and, and really, you gotta imagine, like, did they really believe this or was this just, this just an expression? Um, I mean, after all, people make exaggerations all the time. And I think for these two daughters, um, what they did was they allowed um, irrationality, but they allowed fear to consume them. Because, um, because what they're relying on is they're relying on themselves. And they're not trusting in God here, clearly. And so they come up with this evil plan uh, that's just absolutely gross and <laughs> just absolutely wicked. Uh, but they come up with this plan to seduce their father so that way they can get pregnant and continue on with their lineage. Because after all, he's the only man in the whole world, right? No. 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 And so it says this. It says, uh, "'So they made their father drink wine that night, "'and the firstborn went and lay with her father. "'He did not know when she lay down or when she arose. "'The next day the firstborn said to the younger, "'Behold, I lay last night with my father. "'Let us make him drink wine tonight also.'" the younger also bore a son and called his name ben He is the father of the Ammonites to this day. And so, as I said in the historical minute, ben literally just means son of my people. And uh, ben became the father of the An- Ammonites. And so that's why even in Deuteronomy, uh, that God's people are called to not make war with the, the, um, yeah, the Ammonites or the Moabites, because uh, they're they're, uh, sons of Lot, is what it says. Okay, so let's pause here for just a second, and we got a question. All right, it says this, why was Lot afraid to live in Zor? Did he think it was like Sodom? Yeah, you know, that's a good question, and, and, uh, you know, I've wondered that too, but apparently uh, he had some sort of uh, fear of living there, and so he decided to uh, he decided to leave. And so, yeah, that's what Scripture gives us, is that he had some sort of fear about living there. Uh, why didn't Lot go to live with Abram after this huge disaster? Abram would have let Lot live with him. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, but, I, but I do know as well that they've had this land dispute um, prior, and so maybe he had that in the back of his mind. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure why he didn't wanna go with Abraham, um, but ultimately um, he was given this opportunity to go to a new land, and so he chose um, the hills. All right, another question. Oh, we got a couple more questions even, so here you go. One question, why did God allow them to get pregnant? You know, Uh, that's a good question. I mean, ultimately, um, God, all the way throughout the Bible, um, has purpose for everything. And so he, uh, he allows certain things to happen. Uh, it does not mean that he wills them. It does not mean that he wants them to happen, but he allows them to happen. And so he allows uh, evil and he allows wickedness because in his great um, uh, plan, uh, Romans 8 says that he promises to actually take everything, uh, even, even broken things, and turn them into the good of those who love him. And so he has, he allows wickedness for some uh, great divine plan. I think as well that it's in the Bible as well that we can learn from it, that we can look at this and say, "Mm, I don't wanna be like this. (laughs) I think we really can. I think that we can uh, can learn from it in that way. Uh, Another question here, could possibly the daughters didn't know others were alive how would they have known that others were alive? Well, so here's the thing that Sodom and Gomorrah were not the only towns at that time. I mean, there were, you know, I mean, literally thousands or hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people just living at that time. And we don't know how many. And so there were people spread really all throughout um, the, the the world at that point. And, and so, yeah, so for Lot and his daughters to to be thinking that just because Sodom and Gomorrah is destroyed, that that that's all of civilization. No, they they would have known for sure that there's other people, there's other towns. Yeah, they they would have known that for sure. All right. So um, now we're in chapter 20. Okay, so from there, and we kind of focus back on Abraham now. From there, Abraham journeyed toward the territory of the Negev, and lived between Kadesh and Shur, and he sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of, his, said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. Okay, let's stop here for just a second. Um, deja vu, anybody? Deja vu? Um, this happened, almost the exact same scenario back a few chapters ago, whenever they were traveling in Egypt. And, um, and, and you gotta remember, you gotta put it in context. Um, their fear was, in, in all honesty, a very real and legitimate fear because after all, what would happen is if, if Abraham and Sarah were to be traveling in this area and, and the king were to look at Sarah and say, that you know he wants to have her as as his bride then what does that mean for abraham yeah off with his head right and so they would kill abraham but if he says that he's just simply her brother and they're just brother and sister then he won't have to die and so so the the fear i will say is definitely there there is the the pressure here okay Um, but even in the midst of fear, and even in the midst of pressure, God always provides a way out. God always allows us to do what's right, and in our case with Abraham here, um, he's actually kind of zero for two here. (laughs) He really is, because um, instead of doing what's right, he actually chooses to to lie again, and, and, and really his hope is that, um, his hope is not that she becomes the bride of the king, but, but rather that he just doesn't die, and so hope, he's kind of hoping, he's taking a risk, he's taking a gamble here, that it all could just kind of work out, where, where no one dies, um, and she doesn't become the bride of the king, but what had happened with Pharaoh a few chapters earlier was, was just that that um, Sarah did become the bride of, 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 uh, of Pharaoh. And, and there we have, um, you know, adultery, and then we've got uh, God's judgment as well with that. And so, so here we are. So, um, so here we are, uh, Abraham, he's zero for two to the king. He says, oh, she's my sister. And then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. And then in verse 3, it says this. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Now Abimelech had not approached her. So she said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Did he not... Himself say to me, She is my sister, and she herself say said, He is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands I have done this. So really he has this this dream, he's talking to God here, and really Abimelech is saying, what what are you talking about, this wrong that I've done? I mean, after all, they said their brother and sister, I didn't know. And then in verse six, it says, then God said to him in the dream, yes, I know that we have done this in the integrity of your heart. And it was I who kept you from sinning against me. So again, God, how he works and how he interjects himself here. And it says, therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now then return the man's wife for he is a prophet so that he will pray for you and you shall live. But if you do not return her, know that you shall surely die, you and all you are yours. All all who are yours. And so Abimelech here is getting this warning from God uh, to return, (laughs) to to return Sarah to Abraham. And so he does in verse 8. So Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told them all these things. And the men were very much afraid. See, again, you know, he's saying, I mean, this fear is real. Besides, she is indeed my sister, the daughter of my father, though not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. Uh huh. And when God calls me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, This is the kindness you must do to me. At every place to which we come, say of me, He is my brother. So together, they've kind of worked out this plan here. In verse 14, it says, Then Abimelech took sheep and oxen and male servants and female servants and gave them to Abraham and returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. To Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. It is a sign of your innocence in the eyes of of all who are with you, and before everyone you are vindicated. And then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, and also healed his wife and female slaves so that they bore children. For the Lord has closed all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. All right, so, um, so it's an interesting story about how they had the opportunity to do what was right, but still, in the face of fear, they they chose, to, um, they chose to disobey God here. And they chose to lie. All right, so a couple of questions here. Didn't Lot wonder how his two daughters had gotten pregnant since he was the only man around? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it is interesting that, um, you know, it says that, that they got him drunk. Um, but yeah, somehow uh somehow you know this had happened in that way. Uh here's another question here. Don't you think Sarah objected to Abraham's brilliant plan after how great it worked out last time? Yeah, I mean I bet that they had a conversation about it. Um but then again though, as as we uh described here in let's see whichever verse it says it says um I said to her, this is the kindness you must do to me at every place to which we come. And, and so really, it seems like that they have, um, that's why this has happened a second time, because they had agreed upon this, um, th- this pattern of, hey, whenever we're up against this, here's how we're going to react. Um, but, you know, clearly she went, to, she went with it as well. Um, but yeah, it, it did not work out the first time and did not work out the second time. No, it did not. So, so we're going to stop right there um, just because of the time, and we're going to pick up next week in ver- or chapter 21 at the birth of Isaac. And so with that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, dear God, indeed, we thank you for the book of Genesis and uh, chapter 19 and 20, Lord, where we can just learn so much about you, Lord. And uh, we can learn about how, how you're a God uh, of justice and, and you're a God who's also uh, saving the remnant, saving Lot and his family to the point where the the men even just had to grab the hands of Lot and get out of there and pull them out. And so, Lord, um, we, we thank you for this, Lord. Um, and so, God, we pray that as we, we uh, go home and we leave this place and we go into our work week, Lord, we pray that we can uh, we can learn from this, and that we can do what is right even in the midst of pressure or even in the midst of fearful circumstances. And all this we pray, Amen. And so may you go with.